the basic difference is how you go about it. At the end of the day, the expectation is I want to be happy. I want you to do what you said you were going to do. If you can give me a service experience that's even just a little above average all the time, that's amazing. I'll probably come back. Hi, this is Melinda Emerson, the Small Biz Lady, host of the Small Biz Chef Podcast. I want to serve you. This pandemic has been so hard on America's small businesses and on just America in general. If you're ready to start your dream business, boy, do I have a great offer for you. I am giving away 1,000 copies of my best-selling book, Become Your Own Boss in 12 Months. Over 100,000 people have this book. It has been printed in multiple languages around the world, and I wanted to find a way to serve America's small businesses in this pandemic. And so I'm giving away a thousand copies of my book. All you have to do to get your copy is head over to beginmybiz.com slash free offer to, you know, sign up for your copy. All you have to do is pay shipping and we will mail one out to you. I am so excited about this. I want to serve you. Grab your copy today. Ending small business failure. Welcome to the Small Biz Chat Podcast with the number one small business expert, Melinda Emerson. Melinda's goal is to end small business failure, and she'll give you the information you need to succeed and live the life you dream of. Now, here's the small biz lady herself, Melinda Emerson. Hi, everyone. I'm Melinda Emerson, small biz lady, America's number one small business expert. And I'm so excited to welcome you to Small Biz Chat Live. Now, for nearly the last 10 years, I have hosted Small Biz Chat every week live on Twitter, answering your small business questions. Our mission here is to end small business failure. We're here to give you information that's going to help you live your dream life as an entrepreneur. I have customer service and customer experience expert, Shep Hagen. He is here tonight. He's going to drop some knowledge on us about how we can be better in our businesses and disrupt our competitors. So with that, let me introduce my guest and my longtime friend, Shep Hyken. He is a customer service expert, as I already told you, but he is also the chief amazement officer of his company, Shepard uh, presentations, and he's a New York Times and Wall Street Journal bestselling author, and he has been inducted into the Hall of Fame for the National Speakers Association, and the and he also has won the Lifetime Achievement Award for Speaking Professionals, and he is passionate about helping small business owners leverage great customer service to have loyal customers. So I am so excited, Chef, to have you here with me tonight. It is a pleasure and honor, and I am flattered to be here. Well, listen, I don't. I want to jump right in because I know you have so many pearls of wisdom to share with us tonight. So let's just start it right off. You know, how can you disrupt the competition or even an entire industry by just giving them great service? How, how do you do that? <laughs> well, first of all, uh, let's step back for a moment and recognize customers are smarter than ever before. They're experiencing great service from companies like Amazon and other great notable companies. And what's happened is these companies have raised the bar to a point where other companies, even in, in they're not in the same industry, have to set their uh, service standards higher. Now, how do you take that to the next level is not just to deliver good service, friendly, knowledgeable. Uh, it's also to be convenient. That was the thesis and whole concept behind my last book. And I recognized 
that the reason I love to write about all these different companies over the years in my different books and articles is because they're just easier to do business with. And if you can create an easy experience on top of an already good customer service experience, you can disrupt your competition as well as maybe an industry. Think about what Uber did to the entire taxi cab industry. Right. It's so easy to get a car to come and pick you up and take you where you're supposed to be. So that's the bottom line. I love it. I love it. And you're exactly right because taxi drivers are horrible. They're rude. Their cabs are dirty. And somebody else came along and said, look, we're going to send you a nice clean car with somebody smiling at you to pick you up. It's like, oh, novel concept. And, and I you know that- who you are when you get in the car and you know how far away they are from picking you up and you know how much it's going to cost before you even agree to the trip. And when you get out of the car, you don't even have to pay them at that moment. They just automatically, how's that for a good word? Automatically, <laughs> I love it. It, it. it comes out of your, your credit card payment. The only friction that they have not been able to eliminate is the actual drive in the car. <laughs> but <Yeah>. in, <laughs> right. Me right. Over, you're going to have to put up with that little bit of friction, which is get in the car and drive with somebody. Well, here's the thing. I don't put up with that friction because I only use Uber Black Car. <laughs> I, got, I, got, I got tired of surprise experiences um, in the back of Uber. So, so I decided to level the playing field for myself. But listen, I know that um, subscription services seem to mm, be yeah. becoming more and more popular with a lot of industries. That whole premium free trial, then, then you know... Voila, you're you're a monthly customer. Uh, what do you think of this business model? And 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 you know, how can small business owners really leverage it? Sure. Well, it's one of the six convenience principles, and that is the subscription model. So think about your consumables. What do your customers use on a regular basis? And if you can deliver it on a regular basis where they don't have to pick up the phone and call you, go online and order it, or go to a store and get it, well, now you've got an opportunity to give some, them something ongoing. So uh, even today, the car industry, automobile manufacturers are recognizing consumers, their customers don't need to own a car. They don't even want to rent a car. They just want to subscribe to the car. And there's a number of brands, but I love the Porsche example where you can subscribe at different levels to a Porsche. And depending on which level you subscribe to, even at the lowest level, you'll have a choice. Do you want a a convertible this week? And then you can switch to a different one and you just pay a monthly fee, no insurance, no maintenance, just a flat monthly fee. But let's make it simpler than that. And it's not about uh, newspapers and magazine subscriptions. Dog food, Chewy.com has turned into a big business, started as a small business. You would have to go to the store, pick up your dog food. If let's say you went out a big dog, 50 pound bag of dog food, put it in the back of your car. A couple times a month, you do that. Well, what if it would just automatically show up on your doorstep once a month? One bag, two bags, however many you needed. You would automatically have it. I'm a member of the Dollar Shave Club, one of my favorite clubs I've ever been a member of. Every month I get my blades and this automatic reoccurring revenue for that company is it's like gold. It's solid gold. It allows you to function, allows you to forecast, it allows you to have predictable income. And it's a great experience for the customer as well. It's a convenient experience. Right, right. So I keep hearing you say the C word, convenient. So we as small business owners, we have to figure out how to be a more convenient resource for our customers. And if we figure that out, then we'll have customers for life. All right. So let's talk about the importance of access, right? You, You know, what does that mean for a customer to be able to have access to the people that they're buying from? 
Well, think about access as either logistics or hours of operation when you're available. And the idea there is if you um, are, a, say you're a support center, a call center, and I go to call you at seven o'clock at night because I'm working on a, a my barbecue pit that I just bought and I'm trying to build. And I get, a, I get a, a recording that says our hours of operation are eight in the morning till 5.30 at night. I'm going, well, wait a minute. I work during that time and I'm trying to put together a barbecue pit. This isn't right. Well, that's anti-access. Think about, now here's a big business, Walmart. Do you know that 80% of the people that live in America, 80% are within 10 minutes of a Walmart? That's access. Wow. But you just have a website that's open 24-7. It's all the time. That's access. Make sure that your hours of operation are congruent with where your customers uh, want to be and expect to be. You know, bankers hours are like 8.30 until 4.30. Well, I believe that if they are wanting to attract people for checking accounts and that type of thing, they're marketing to the unemployed because those people can't get to the bank while they're working. <laughs> right, right. No, I think you're exactly right. I remember when the banks used to close at three o'clock, believe it or not, yeah. um, which is just madness. But now we can just take a picture of the phone with the check. You only have to go to the bank. There I mean, you go. And that's one of the reasons uh, bankers hours now aren't as big of a deal because the banks have figured out a convenient solution, the online application, such as, you know, banking online, taking a picture and doing your deposit that way. So that is a very convenient technology. And by the way, technology is one of the six convenience principles. Absolutely. So tell me how, what is the difference between a satisfied customer and a loyal customer? So think about this. Satisfactory is a rating. On a scale of one to five, with one being poor and five being great, where does satisfactory lie? So I'll ask you a question. Like in the middle. It's like right. three. It's like three. Right. You know, right. Yeah. Right. So satisfactory is a rating and it's an average rating. So when people say, I want a satisfied customer. Now I'm playing with words here, but I want you to consider this. You don't want satisfied customers. Satisfactory is a rating. You want loyal customers. Loyalty is an emotion. How do you get a five on a scale of one to five? Here's how. Just be a little bit better than average or satisfactory all of the time. The predictable and consistent above average experience is what makes you excellent, what makes you amazing and creates that loyalty. Right, so so be nice. <laughs> be nice. Yeah. You know, be the, nice. the shortest customer service speech that I ever did, I walked out on stage, I looked at the audience, I said, be nice. Thank you very much, good night. <laughs> right, I mean, it, you, you, I mean, we're laughing, but it, it almost like comes down to that. Please make sure my waitress is nice to me. Yeah, and so think about it. It's <laughs> happy to have my business. Yeah, it's right. crazy, but it's like super obvious, but not so much. So now let let's go from from loyal customer to how do you amaze a customer? Like, what is customer amazement? Well, once again, amazement is it's kind of like how you get to loyalty. How do you get to that five? by being a little better than average all of the time. And when people say to me, Chef, what do you do for a living? And I, I respond by saying, have you ever walked out of a business and you go, wow, those people were amazing? Well, that's what I do. And here's how you get to amazement. A little bit above average all of the time so that your customers will say, wow, I, I love these people. They're amazing because they're always knowledgeable. They're always friendly. They always answer the phone quickly. They always call me back quickly. Even when there's a problem, I know I can always depend on them. That word always followed by something positive is what's putting you into that zone of amazement. 
exactly, exactly. So now, how does great customer service make price irrelevant? So the better you are at what you do and the more loyal your customers to you, and they're not loyal to you because of price. People that are price sensitive are loyal to companies because of price. As soon as there's a lower price, they move on. However, if you can deliver a level of service where they go, as I was mentioning, they can all, they're always friendly, knowledgeable, et cetera, et cetera. That makes price so less relevant because nobody is going to leave the business that they can count on day in and day out. Now, you have to have competitive pricing. And one of my favorite clients, and I wrote an entire book using them as a case study, is Ace Hardware, one of the greatest retailers on the planet, some of the best customer service. And here's what happens. They know that their prices are a little bit higher, maybe, than their direct competitors like a Home Depot or big box store that has even bigger selection. But their service is compelling. They call it helpful service, not just That's right, service. the helpful hardware store. Yeah. I know exactly what Ace Hardware is. And people come to them again and again. And that's why they don't just survive in the shadow sometimes of a big box store that goes up next door to them. They actually thrive in that shadow because they have learned how to compete using that level of service. No, I know exactly what you're talking about. And it's so funny because I had a conversation with somebody about Ace Hardware earlier today about the concept of the helpful hardware store. And I can remember when I bought my first house and I went to the Ace Hardware to get my keys made for my brand new house. And the man said, congratulations. And he didn't charge me for my keys. Do you know how many times I've been in that man's store over the years because of how nice he was to me the first time I ever walked in the store? Right. And and you know what? And how many times have you told that story? Right. Exactly. Exactly. I'm a walking, talking commercial for Ace Hardware. No, they, they're they're terrific. And and I think they, they care about neighborhood customers. And I yes. think that makes a really, really big difference. All right, so Chef. That's a great I, idea for your listeners and, and viewers and by, for the millions of people watching this show uh, is that if you can do local well, and that's a huge advantage that smaller businesses have is they can do a local feeling more so than some of these big competitors. And we always need to remember that's a huge advantage and we need to take advantage of that. All right, Chef. Well, listen, we have to go pay some bills right now. (laughs) We come back, you know, we're going to pick your brain even more because we want to know more about the building blocks of building an awesome customer service organization and how that can lead to not just satisfied customers, but amazed customers. All right. And we'll be right back. My new book, Fix Your Business, is really about encouraging people to take back control of their business and change how their businesses is run. It's not okay to skip paychecks. It's not okay to never feel like you can take a vacation. And it's also not okay to not know how much profit you've made in your business until your taxes are done. I really want business owners to stop letting their businesses be runaway trains. I've written this book to teach people processes and systems to help them run their businesses intentionally. My goal is to help existing entrepreneurs create a business that allows them to live their dream life. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Small Biz Chat. I'm Melinda Emerson, the Small Biz Lady, and I'm so excited to have you with us. We are talking with Chef Heighton, and he is breaking it down for us about how to have great customer service and how that can be your disruptor in the marketplace. All right, Chef, I'm dying to ask you, when it comes to customer service, are the rules different for e-commerce businesses than it is for retail businesses? 
the rules, well, the outcome and the expectations are the same. The only thing that's different really is the way you go about doing business. Uh, E-commerce or anything related to the digital channels today, and if you want to communicate on social media, if you want to do business with a website, whatever, the basic difference is how you go about it. At the end of the day, the expectation is I want to be happy. I want you to do what you said you were going to do. If you can give me a service experience that's even just a little above average all the time, that's amazing. I'll probably come back. So uh, I don't care what you do online, offline, on site, on web, doesn't matter. Think about every interaction that your customer has and make sure that is managed to the best expectation that they would have depending upon the channel they're on. Absolutely. Well, I love it. So listen, I know that we've used a lot of big bucks, you know, big store, big, big company examples. But if I run a small business with a limited team, how can I provide better customer service? So I want you to think about this way. Number one, you must, uh, I, I call this creating a customer focused culture. So I'm going to give you in less than 60 seconds, six quick ideas. Define what your service vision is. Rich Carlton, nine words long. We're ladies and gentlemen serving ladies and gentlemen. That's their mantra. Once you define it, you must communicate it and it must be part of your, your everyday you know, discussions. This is what we're trying to do. My mantra, by the way, is always be amazing. Three words. Then once it's communicated, train to it. And training's not something you did, it's something you do ongoing. Constantly reinforce in your weekly meetings, your Monday morning huddles, whatever you want to call them. Uh, number four, as a leader, you must you know, demonstrate what you want your people to do. Treat the people you work with the way you want your customers treated. That's the best way to demonstrate it. Number five, if somebody is out of alignment, get them back in alignment. They need to be on the, in the right lane. You're, you don't want them to erode that brand promise you have out there. And number six, celebrate it when it's working. I love it. I love it. That's some good stuff. You gave us like a whole bowl full. It's, like, it's, like, <laughs> it's an entire book in 60 seconds. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And only a, a true keynote speaker can give it to him like that too. So I want to give you a shout out for that. Right. Now, how often should you train your team? Well, you know, you obviously, if you're going to sit down and have some immersion in service, don't think that spending an hour a day or three days is going to cure your problem. Short term, it gives them the information. But if even if you have a weekly meeting just to meet with your team, take five to seven minutes and just spend on, hey, tell me an example of when you created a great service experience for one of our customers. And it could be an internal customer, somebody you work with, or an external customer, and have an employee or an associate or a team member, whatever you want to call them, share that example. And if you do that on a regular basis, everybody's going to constantly be hearing these examples. That alone will tick the meter up a bit on the customer experience. So just so sharing good examples of, of this stuff, it just like a great story or even a bad story, that, that'll be like how we fix it. Yeah, a moment of misery to a moment of magic. Give everybody an index card and say, by next week, I want you to just write two or three sentences to describe when you created a positive experience, either for either for a fellow employee or one of our customers. And when you come next week to our you know weekly meeting, bring that card. I'm going to have some of you share what these are. And I, I call that service awareness because they become aware of the service that they're creating for someone else. Now, how about if a business wants to enhance their customer service pre-sale? Like what kind of things can they do to excite people before they even give their money? Wow. So think about how easy you are to do business. And we're back to that whole convenience thing again. 
Did you make it easy for me to navigate through your website? Is it easy to connect with you the very first time? If I call you to talk to a salesperson and I'm put on hold or I'm told the salesperson will call you back when they get back in and it's four days later. I mean, that's the type of thing that erodes confidence. So I want you to constantly be thinking about what I call the loyalty question. I didn't think I'd talk about this, but it's a real simple question. In every interaction that you have with a customer, think about this. Is what I'm doing right now going to get that customer to either buy from me when they need what I have or come back the next time when they need what it is that we sell? The loyalty question. It's all about the next time, every time. Right. right. So keep your word. If someone's going to call me back, call me back. Right. Yeah. Now. Create confidence. Yeah. Yeah. That's good stuff. All right. So last question for you. Surveys. Yes. What is the right survey strategy? How often should we do them after every sale? How do you get people to fill them out? I mean, because everybody hates surveys. They right? do. So I believe it was Peter Drucker or W. Edwards Deming or whatever who said, you can't manage what you don't measure. So you have to measure it. So here's the key behind the survey. Number one, keep it short. Short is so much better. Matter of fact, just the other day, I called my airline. They asked if I would stay on for a one-question survey after the call. And the question was simply this. If you call this again, would you want to talk to the same rep? Push one for yes, two for no. Well, that's pretty quick, and that tells me a lot. The net, uh, net promoter score, NPS, on a scale of zero to 10, what's the likelihood that you would uh, recommend us to a friend or a colleague? And, it, and depending on if you want to do a second question, how about an open-ended one? Why? But if you keep it short, you promise to keep it short, and it should come shortly after the experience. So if somebody, um, you know, if you have a car cleaning service and you clean the car, the next day send the survey. If you're right. going to ship somebody an item, let them get it, and then a few days later hit them with the survey. And promise them it's going to be short, and you'll find that a lot more people will fill out that survey. Got it. Love it, love it, love it. Listen, Chuck, you are amazing. I am Melinda Emerson, and the mission of Small Biz Chat is to end small business failure. Until next time, I wish you well, and have a good night, everybody. Thank you guys so much.